right, Sean, let's, let's go ahead and tie up our capes. I got that aerodynamics with our capes. What do you say about calls? That was a close call. Glad we figured it out, though. We're going to be talking about capes, cows, and close calls. Capes, cows, and close calls. That's the one we got. That's it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Capes, Cows, and Close Calls. My name is Nick. With me, always, my co-host, Sean, the Irishman King. What is up, everybody? Woo, it's my been a long God. time. I haven't said we that in forever. Back. Get the cobwebs off. Man, <laughs> dusting them off, dusting off the had a, had the a stretch a little bit before I got into this. Man, <laughs> this is crazy, dude. It's been so long. I feel like I haven't done that intro and it feels like years feels like years it's, it feels like a really long time it has been quite some time i think i, I was like do episode, i remember how to do this still <laughs> man i swear i feel like our last episode was maybe what two months ago yeah was at it, least May? It was, what's before may april i'm trying march? to think if we even got one in in march i don't know that's a good question what was our last episode i don't even know i don't know either we were supposed to, I don't know. Yeah, we anyway, were supposed to but, do uh, that Vin Diesel movie. Yeah, Bloodshot. We were supposed to talk about Bloodshot. And then, you know, the world fucking turned upside down. And then we all got trapped at home. So, oh. you know, just like everybody else, a lot of stuff got put on hold. And, I mean, you know, fortunately enough, a podcast is something you could do from your home. But it's, it's still tough coordinating with everything that's going on. You know what I mean? We had true. We, have, very we true. have a studio set up and everything. We kind of had to break that down a little bit and divvy up our equipment and just kind of figure all that stuff out. And there's been other things to figure out, but Hey, we're we back. Are. We're back stronger than ever, stronger than ever. We want to try to <laughs> bring you guys some more content while you're stuck at home. Hopefully bring a little bit of enjoyment to your lives. The other thing I was worried about is I feel like a lot of people listen to podcasts when they're commuting and there's obviously a lot less people commuting right now. True. But Hey, I know if you're about to run to the superstore, just throw our episode right on. That's true. That five, 10 minute drive. Yep. We're going to, we're going to, we're trying something a little new. Uh, we know we usually come to you guys with like, hour hour to half long episodes we're gonna try to keep it a little shorter now um we do a lot of movie and like tv show reviews on this podcast but with the movies all being like pushed back and delayed and postponed we were supposed to get black widow at the beginning of the month we didn't get that apparently we're not getting that to november now so with all that um you know we 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 find we had to find new things to talk about, new directions to go, and we decided to go back to our roots. This is a comic book podcast, so we're going to talk about some comic books. All right. <laughs> you know? um, so, yeah, we're going to do a little, little shorter series, uh, call it Quarantine and Comics, but we're just going to... We're going to read some comic books and we're going to talk to you guys about them. And I mean, we're going to discuss other things that are going on, you know, some news and stuff like that. But we're going to focus a lot on comic books and just kind of bring you guys some stories and, you know, whether or not it's something you should pick up while you're stuck at home. So, but we're going to start nice. with some news because we've had a few things. I mean, aside from all the craziness that has happened, we've actually had some, 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 some big news to come out. I mean, again, I guess it's just because people are at home. They don't really have anything to do except be like, hey, guess what's happening? Um, right. Let's start with, let's just start off the bat with the biggest one. Yep. The biggest one. The Snyder Cut. Is that what the you're Snyder talking about? The Snyder Cut. Yeah. Yeah. So the Justice League. We're the getting Snyder the Cut. Snyder Cut of the Justice League movie. The family It's made two, it happen. Yeah. It's like two hours longer than the theatrical release we got. Um, it's two hours longer. Yeah. It's, uh, they, Initial the reports say that his original version was four hours long. He cut it down. I mean, the studio told him, like, you know, they basically was like, Hey man, that's way too fucking long. Nobody's gonna watch this four hour long movie. Cut that shit down. He cut it down two hours and twenty minutes, and he screened that for audiences. He did early screenings of that version of his movie for early audiences. And the response wasn't like the best. A lot of people were saying that they feel like the film wasn't complete. 
and he felt the same way, uh, but he had to cut it. And then, you know, the whole stuff for people who don't know the story, his daughter unfortunately committed suicide. So he had to deal with that, obviously. So he, he stepped off of the film, Josh Whedon, the guy who directed the first and second Avengers movie came in and took over and finished the film and took some a lot of people. Yeah. He took, took some liberties and a lot of fans were kind of upset about this because they feel like the version that Zack Snyder would have released is very different from the version that we, the, the mashup of Snyder Wheaton that we got. Uh, Cause they do have very different uh, styles when it comes to movies and things. Uh, Josh Whedon, again, directing like the first Avengers. We think about the first Avengers. We think about like, you know, the humor and the color and just kind of like the overall tone of the movie. And then we think about the DC movies and the other movies that Zack Snyder have done, like Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, uh, 300 and Watchmen. They're all very like a bit darker more gritty, more grounded, I guess, if you want to say. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but they're different styles. Right. And so a lot of people were just like, hey, we want the version that Zack Snyder would have released if all that stuff didn't happen. And I'm trying to think, it. too, because the Justice League movie, when it was first planned, was supposed to be a three-part movie, right? There was supposed to be three of them. Two or they, three? They I don't remember. That. No, I know, it's, I know it's three. Is it three? So, like, the original idea was it was kind of close to the movie that we got, but it would end with seeing Darkseid. Gotcha. The second movie, um, everybody, not everybody, the Justice League decides that they're going to go on offense. So they go to Apocalypse to try to attack Darkseid, and they just get demolished. And then Darkseid, mm. like, takes over the world. And then the last movie um, is supposed to be, like, explained, like, that scene that we see, if you remember, where Flash goes back and warns batman batman yeah we see that whole thing happen and that's like what he's like warning them to stop the whole like going and attacking apocalypse thing to save everything gotcha gotcha so way more interesting yeah sounds like it's it would have been like a pretty crazy good movie yeah definitely um yeah so i don't know if this movie is going to be a little bit closer with that i mean i could imagine can you imagine if it was like super open-ended because it's supposed to be two more movies that'd be crazy probably gonna be a little bit open-ended because apparently we are gonna see dark side in this yeah and we're gonna see hear. uh martian manhunter too true that yeah i mean look in all cases there's no reason why a justice league movie should have been so vastly outdone by an avengers movie there's no way but it happened because they didn't establish a good universe. I mean, Zack Snyder was kind of at the forefront of that, but I don't, I don't know, man. Are, are you excited about this? Do you think that this version of the movie will be better than the version we got? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, it's kind of, it's just kind of like one of those things that are weird because it feels like this universe was kind of like put on hold, right? Like we're still getting the, um, Wonder Woman movie, we're still going to get the Aquaman movie, but it seemed like they weren't going to continue doing a Justice League movie. Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Um, I've heard things that uh, man, I'm blanking on his name, the Superman actor? Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill. I'm hearing that it, he still wants to make a movie, and the last thing I heard is, because they originally were going to plan to do a Supergirl movie, and they decided now we're going to go back and do a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess that could still happen. They could still have Henry Cavill come and do that movie and kind of go with this extended universe. Um, I'm excited because I'm such a DC fan to see, like, what the extra two hours were. It seems like they're going to have a lot of characters that we didn't get to see in there. Um, do you think it'll know. be better than the original cut, than the, cut, the theatrical release? Yeah. Do you? I mean, I don't yes. know. I, I mean, I enjoy that movie, but it wasn't a great movie. So I don't, I can't see it being worse. That's a fair point. That, that's a fair point. I can't see it being worse either. And this is just too obnoxiously long. Yeah, that's true. Now I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Because it could just be two extra hours of just bullshit. You know what I mean? Like just, just a bunch of nonsense. Think, was, this, but... was it this movie? No, it's Batman vs. Superman that you thought was boring, right? Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, it might be more like that where you're just, just yeah, like, it's just filler. a bunch of just yeah, just filler, just meandering, and it's just like ugh, get to the point. I'm like, what is this? All this extra stuff. I don't know. I I'm fine. I like. I wasn't one of the people who was like clamoring for this, but I mean, now that we're getting it, uh, that's fine. So supposed to be coming. I mean, to I'm this definitely new, gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. To this new uh, HBO like extra streaming thing, HBO Max. They're supposed to be getting a bunch of stuff, and uh, it's supposed to be coming to that next year. So I guess we got that to look forward to. It'll be straight to home, so I guess that's nice. You know. Yeah, uh, we're making this transition of movies not coming out in theaters anymore, probably. So, I mean, it makes more sense for this movie than other movies. It, yeah, it definitely. Because already sure. was in theaters, like the same yeah, movie. No. All right, well, whatever. Right. Let us know if you're excited about the Snyder Cut. So, yeah, other news. Uh, I know you don't really watch the show. I've watched a good chunk of it, but I haven't watched the whole thing. But Batgirl, the actress, is uh Yeah, fun. the CW show, right? The CW show, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. She just quit. She quit. Apparently, you know she felt like her. She felt like she never really got along with the studio, and it was always just kind of like a struggle. And so, her. I guess she said that the studio and her like came to a mutual decision that uh, they weren't going to continue. But the show's been renewed for a second season, so they're going to replace it. Which I don't even seen the show. It doesn't really seem like it's going to fit. Like I don't know if they're planning to have a different Batgirl or just change the actress. But either way, I'm not really a fan of it. Yeah. They'll probably just change the actress. But Maybe. She did seem like she was the perfect actor for Batgirl. Did she? Yeah. Bat Batwoman. Woman, sorry. Yeah, Batwoman. I would say. Because Batwoman's a different different person than right. Batgirl. She seemed, she'd like, like from the things I've read with Batwoman in it and like, the uh, animated movies I've seen Batwoman in, it's it was like it's like Robert Downey Jr. doing Iron Man, just like kind of perfect for the role. Mm, That's okay. kind of how she seemed for this role. But yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll just maybe they'll find somebody good. Yeah, maybe I still got to pick it up. I I do want to watch it. I just I, I guess I just got to add it to the list. I feel like my list is ever growing now. It's just like <laughs> add it to the list, add it to the list, add it to the list. So wow. yeah, it's on it's on the list. We'll we'll get to it eventually. Do we have any other news? Any other big news? A little bit uh, a little bit of Spider-Man news. We'll just run through it real quick. So yeah. this was a little while back that they announced the name of the Sony universe, but we haven't had an episode since they said it. So the new Sony universe is Sony Picture Universe of Marvel Characters or the SPUMC. Stupid. Stupid. I hate it. I hate it. Hey, they got a name. They got a whole bunch of movies planned. They've already got their Venom. They got Venom 2 coming out. They got Morbius. Um, they recently just announced that they're going to do a Madam Web movie and a Jackpot <sighs> movie, which I know Madam Web, but I don't know Jackpot. But hey. They're just they're grasping at straws at this point. Just give, like, would they just give it up? Like, I don't. I mean, there's plans to put Tom Holland into this universe. Yeah, I know, but still, it's just, I just don't like, like, nothing about this plan I like, because they keep trying to do this, and it's just not work. like, what, who's sitting at Sony, and they're just like, let's keep trying, who keeps convincing them to try again, Venom did and just well. to be, it did, That's the problem. okay, Venom did well, like, yeah. they made money on Venom. It made more enough to feel comfortable making a second one. That, it, which is so crazy to me, man. Like, it's it's an okay film at best. At worst, it's pretty shit. <laughs> like, I remember actually, seeing Venom. We can save this for a different episode. My brother was just brought up Venom to me. And because uh, we talked about it in our, our decade episode where we mm-hmm. reviewed all the movies of the decade. Dang, we did do that, didn't we? That's yeah. Crazy. Um, so when we were talking about Venom, we, bo- we both like rated it really low, but I said one of my biggest complaints was uh, how Venom switched so easily. Like the symbiote Venom, not Eddie Brock. Like one minute he was like against all the humans and humanity, and like it was like the next moment he wanted to save everybody. Mm. Um, yeah. And what my brother was saying, and I didn't take it this way, so this didn't make me like the movie more because I didn't feel like it was clear, but hey. 
he said that uh, when the symbiote went on Eddie Brock's girlfriend um, and then went back, that's when how he like discovered that like humanity was worth saving, which could have been true, but I didn't get that takeaway. No, me neither. But anyways, we could save that for a different episode. That's a whole yeah. other subject. Uh, but yeah, I, I, so this is the only thing I'm going to say about it. Sony does have an opportunity to do something kind of cool if they could pull it off. If they could do a live action Spider-Verse movie, which a lot of people are theorizing that that's like where they're going to. And they're also theorizing that there's going to be like eventually a Sinister, Sinister Six movie and all that stuff. But it's all going to take place in this Sony universe and not really the Marvel universe, but they'll be somewhat connected. But if they could get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to come in for a Spider-Verse movie, that'd be a cool ass. That would be a, quite the accomplishment and it would be an awesome movie. It, would ha- it has the potential to be really good, but whether or not they'd execute it where it turns out to be good is a whole different thing. The novelty of seeing them all together would be cool, but does that mean they're going to make it into a good movie? Probably not. Like that, and just that's where Tobey Maguire is. is Spider-Man again. I'd be happy. Just put him in that suit. I'd be that's happy. true. But I, could be like, shit. The nostalgia man. alone, I'd just be there smiling. To me, it's not enough to save the movie. Like, if they were going to do it, just literally take what they did for the most part in the animated version and just transfer it to the screen. Put them out... Before they would do it then, they would have to introduce Miles Morales. Just do it in the movie, just like they did in the animated movie. I mean, they could. Introduce Miles Morales. Make Tom Holland... Who are they, which current, one are they killing? That's what I'm... See, that would be the only thing, right? I would say make Tom... I'd no. be so sad if, Tom, if Tobey Maguire just died in the beginning. Andrew Garfield, the current Spider-Man who dies, make... <laughs> Toby Maguire, the old Spider-Man who's all old and beat up. And then, I don't know, throw Tom Holland in there somewhere. I think it should be a different movie. I think they should have Miles Morales in it, but I don't think it should be the same movie. Fair enough. Alright, let's get to these comic books. Yeah. Whatever. Alright. So, we both read a comic book. Neither one of us knows what the other person read. But we're going to go through it. We're going to talk about them. Uh, We are going to be spoiling these comic books. Now, I will preface this by saying that even though we spoil the comic books and you know how they end, I don't think that that should discourage you from reading them if you'd like to read them. There are many comic books now that a lot of people know the ending to. There are comic books that I've never picked up before or I had never picked up before, literally because I've heard so many reviews about it or it's been referenced so much that I thought to myself, I don't really need to read that. But I think that's absolutely not true. Like for the the first time I read The Killing Joke, I thought to myself, I know how this ends. I've heard this talked about like ad nauseum. Like I don't really need to read it. But you get something out of reading the comic book that you don't get out of just listening to someone talk about it. There's always some moment, some little interaction or some like uh, uh, dialogue that just, it stands out to you. It may speak to you. It may make you laugh. Like I think it's still worth it to read a comic book. If you want to read it, even if you know exactly how it ends, would you agree? Oh, I completely agree. I mean, I've like you're gonna say, I've made that mistake before, where like I didn't read a comic book for a while because I knew what it was about, and then when I finally did, I was like, I should have read this much earlier. Yeah, because it's great. It's just the experience of it is it's just great. Same thing with like Flashpoint, like the Flashpoint uh, paradox. I saw the movie, I saw the animated movie. I thought I don't need to read this, but I read it, and it was great because there's things in the comic books that they don't do in the movies, or like I said, you won't hear somebody talk about. So while we are going to talk about these comic books and we're going to spoil them. We're not going to give you every single detail of the comic book. And like, sometimes those details are definitely worth just reading it for. So here we go. Uh, should I start? Or you want to start? You can start. What did you read? So I read the rebirth line of flesh. Okay. So it's a six issue uh, comic book. Uh, pretty easy read um so it's just a short series 
And I guess I'll just dive in. So I give a kind of a basic overview of the whole plot. Um, and then I'll say if I recommend it, I'll say some cool things that happened, uh, all that good stuff. So um, this takes off after post-crisis. They don't really talk much about post-crisis, but like obviously everybody is aware of it happening. And Barry Allen has just gotten out of the Speed Force. So they don't dive into like how he got into the Speed Force. They don't even dive into how he got out of the Speed Force. That's all from previous comic books. This is just like first panel, like he's back and everybody is throwing parties for him. So like Central City is having a parade for him. The Teen Titans are having like a party. The Justice League is having a party. Um, the regular Titans are having a party. Uh, Iris is having a party, and he's like, because he's like the fastest Everybody's man just fucking alive. Partying. Everybody's having his parties, and he's supposed to like speed to and like oh, hit cool. all the different parties. Like it's kind of cool. That's funny. That's cool. Um, but anyway, so the beginning of the comic book actually starts with two forensic scientists like in a lab, and they're like testing evidence, and like the one guy's like this doesn't match up. Like it couldn't have been this person. The other guy's talking to him. He's like, you don't know how things work in the city, like make it match. And then uh, you don't see who it is, but you see like uh, somebody's hand, like open the door and one panel and then comes in and he's holding like a staff with like a lightning mark to it. And then he just like kills both of the like forensic scientists. And then he's like looking at the chemicals and he's like, yes, this one and this one and this one. And like the police burst in and as they burst in like lightning strikes and all the chemicals explode on them. And you just like see the sky, like all lightning up. Mm. It's important for later. Yeah. Anyway, so we go back. So flash all the parties, um, but he doesn't like feel up to it. Right. So you kind of put together from like the whole thing that he's been gone for years and years. Um, Wally West has been the like stepped into his shoes and is like taking his place and he's like been the Justice League Flash and he's like trying to catch up on all the things that he's missed. So he's like at the Flash Museum in Central City and he's walking around like looking at like all the things that have happened. And then Green Lad and uh, Hal Gordon comes and he's like, You're supposed to be going to these parties. And basically Barry Allen's like, he's like, I don't know how I got out of the speed force, but I feel like there's a reason I'm here. Like I'm not supposed to be going out and partying and living my life. Like I was supposed to stay in the speed force and like, there's gotta be a reason why I'm not in it. And so he takes off running. And as he's like running away from green lantern, uh, he sees Savitar, which is uh, a Wally West villain. So he actually doesn't know who Savitar is. Hmm. Um, And I'm going to stop with, if you are listening to us and you've watched the Flash TV show, the comic is much different than the TV show. So, like, Savitar is completely different. Yeah. I just feel like I should say that. Um, but so he's, like, running. And then as soon as he touches Savitar, uh, Savitar basically just, like, turns into ash. Jeez. And all of the speedsters, and you see all of them, right? So, like, you see Barry Allen, obviously. You, you see Jesse Quick. You see... Uh, Bart Allen, um, Barry Allen, or sorry, Wally West has his two kids who are speedsters. Uh, you see Jay Garrett, uh, and all of them are like having like attacks from like the speed force. So they're just like in pain being attacked by lightning. And it all happened at the same time as he had like touched uh, Savitar. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit with it. But basically, he's trying to figure out what's like happening. And you uh, kind of figure out a little bit more about Savitar. So Savitar gets his speed because he like worships the speed force. And he's got like all these like disciples. Um, so one of like the his like princess of Savitar comes and like, like you murdered like my God pretty much essentially and try to attack them. And then again, it happened that like Barry Allen touched her and as soon as he touched her again, boom, Ash. Jeez. So he's just going around murdering people. I mean, he doesn't mean to be. Yeah. Um, so I should also say that you're getting, there's a lot of flashback scenes. So I'm kind of talking about all the present day things. Um, let me hit on some of the flashbacks real quick. So you see like scenes of like him as like a kid like being with his mom and like they're fixing a car off the side of the road and you also uh kind of see the scene of like his mom like being murdered and 
um, him coming home as a kid and his dad being like arrested from like his mom's murder. And like, he's like, no, my dad's isn't like, you couldn't do that. Like you see all those like past kind of like, you know, origin stories type flashlings in this comic book. And then you see him as a forensic, forensic scientist. Um, and he's talking about how he's like always late to things. And basically you kind of figure out that he's always late because he's consistently trying to prove his dad's innocence. So like after he does his regular work, he's just consistently working on this case. Um, and then you also see the first time he meets Iris. So like Iris is like a reporter and like Barry Allen, like, you know, gave like the final clue in a court case that like convicted a felon. And then Iris comes and is like trying to talk to him about like the case like he can never solve, which is his parents' case. And then like basically Barry Allen's like, that's kind of really rude for you to just like, come over here and ask me about it. And she's like, oh, I feel so bad. I'm sorry. Let me make up to you. Take you out to dinner. Um, so that's a lot of the flashback stuff that you see. Let's go back. So as he touches the disciple princess character and she turns into Ash, um, his suit changes. And then he realizes that he has now became uh, Black Flash. So like the death version of Flash. Oh, wow. Okay. So they call in like... Jay Garrett and Wally West is there with them and they get the Justice League and they like put them like this tube thing and they're like building this device that is supposed to essentially like separate him from the speed force. Um, but yeah. he's like beginning to like kind of implode and then he like looks up at uh, Green Lantern and he's like, get me out of here. So he like puts him in like this ring thing and they're going to fly him to space and like as soon as he kind of gets away from like all the other Flash characters um he just like vibrates out and he's like no i need to go back into the speed force so he's running and then again you're seeing flashbacks because i guess the speed force messes with your mind so he's like sitting there like i just need to remember iris like that's the most important thing and he's like seeing the scenes of like wally become flashed and he's like seeing like big things that happened in his past and you find out that one of the big things before he like went into speed force is he actually killed reverse flash and then he had to go to court because he like killed somebody um, that's like one of the flashbacks that you see. Anyways, he finally gets into the speed force and who would be there but the reverse flash. Crazy. So they start fighting and it's reverse flash. It's um, what's that guy's name? It's going to bother me. There's two characters with them. One's like Maximoff something and the other one is John Quick, something like that. Don? It is Don. Um, but I'm talking about the two characters that are there with them. Oh, gotcha. To fight Thon. Gotcha. The Basically, Thon's are... like, there's two characters that have been stuck in the Speed Force. One's like John Quick, I think. Okay. It's like Jesse Quick's father, but I can't think of Jesse Quick's father's name. Um, so they're there with Barry Allen to fight Reverse Flash. Reverse Flash. Gotcha. Okay. So they're fighting, and like basically the Reverse Flash starts kind of like um, explaining things. So he kind of explains that like Flash isn't connected to, or Barry Allen's not connected to the Speed Force. He actually creates the Speed Force. And right. that Didn't reverse that. flash does the negative or the reverse like speed force, right? So he's like explaining, he's like, when I run, I create my force, which is now, he's like, which I imbued you with to make you like kill, like when you touch speedsters. So he's like, you find out that he actually made him like the death flash. And really what he did is the reverse flash killed death and then just gave Barry Allen like the negative force. So when he touches speedsters, he's just taking all their speed force from them. And that's what's killing them. He's Jeez. like, you were supposed to kill all of your friends before you came here. Like, this wasn't part of my plan, but like, basically, I'm gonna kill you now. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna improvise. Yeah. So he's like beating, beating this him up and everything. And then basically, uh, Reverse Flash has like a way more like connection to it. Like he understands it more, so he's able to get himself out of the Speed Force. But Barry's like uh, stuck there. So then Wally West Flash comes into the Speed Force to help them all escape. They all get out of the speed force and now it's just like a big fight scene, right? 
I'm cutting ahead of a lot because I don't want to make this a huge long thing, right? So literally, we got Impulse, we got, um, which is Wally's kid. We've got Bart Allen, we've got Jay Garrett, we've got uh, Wally West Flash, and we got Barry Allen Flash, and they're all just facing off against um, Reverse Flash, which I must say, Reverse Flash is kind of wiping the floor with all of the speedsters. Is he? That's crazy. It, it was insane. Um, and basically what ends up happening is Reverse Flash kind of starts to admit that like everything that's like majorly gone wrong in Barry Allen's life, he did to him. So like you find out that like when he like uh, fell as a kid, somebody shoved him down the stairs. It was like Reverse Flash went back and passed and shoved him down the stairs. And like what when his like mom's car broke down, like he was the one that broke his car. He's like, when your first house caught on fire, I started the fire. Like wow. it was like all of these like crazy like Just terrible torments that had happened to him. He's a wow. That's he's a doing. he's a real piece of shit. He's like, now the last thing I'm gonna do in your past is I'm gonna kill Iris before you ever like like start with her. So then he goes sprinting to go back in time, and then uh, Barry Allen obviously goes after him. And then Wally West is like, I understand the speed force. Like you don't need like your treadmill thing to travel through time. I can help guide you. So he's like kind of pushing. Barry, like, behind. Um, they catch up to him. And it's, like, moments before, uh, like, he's about to kill uh, Iris. And mm-hmm. you see, like, the staff that you see in the very beginning. So, like, the guy that killed, like, the two forensic scientists. It's, like, the same staff. So you realize, like, that was Reverse Flash getting his powers. Ah, full circle. And, like, yeah. So he grabs him before like the staff actually like hits him and then they both throw him into the same device from earlier that was supposed to disconnect him from the speed force. So they like, just like took him to that point in time, threw him in there and took the reverse flashes powers away. Wow. What a dramatic ending. Yeah. I met, I skipped a bunch of things, people. So definitely give it a read. Um, So you recommend this? I would recommend it. I would say you might, if you haven't read Flash, you might be confused on a few things. Like, if you don't understand post-crisis, like, that's going to be kind of confusing. Um, I think that, that might be, like, the biggest things. Okay. Um, but, I mean, even if you watch the TV show, like, while it's different, if you watch the TV show, that would give you enough knowledge to comfortably go into it. Um, I'd say, like, some of my favorite parts to it is you actually do see Superman race Barry Allen. Oh, nice. Did he fly or did he run? He ran. Interesting. So he's, okay. he's running next to him. And it's actually, it's before Barry's about to go into the speed force, before he knows about Thawne and all that stuff. And uh, Superman's like, I'm not going to let you do this. Like, I'm not going to let you run into that. Um, and then like Barry, he's like, he's like, I've raced you before. Like, we've like often tied, like, I'm just as quick. And Barry Allen just kind of like looks at him. He's like, look, Clark, that was always for charity. And then just like <laughs> leaves him, leaves him in his dust. Nice. So that was one of my favorite scenes. Like that was pretty nice. entertaining to see. Nice. Yeah. That's good. That's cool. All right. So would you say it's beginner friendly or you, you like you said, you kind of want to have some knowledge before? I think you need a little bit of knowledge. Um, but I mean, that being said, I haven't wa- read a lot of standalone Flash comic books. And like, I felt comfortable reading it. Like, I think you'll still enjoy it if you don't know anything. But there'll be some things. You might be Googling some things after just to, like try to figure out um, like Fair different enough. connections from different stories. Like they okay. at one point mentioned that how Batman's not around anymore. And I'm like, I still don't know why. Cause I don't know where they are in the story. I'm like, where's Batman? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, sometimes that's good. Cause then it leads you into reading more comic books. So yeah. Cool. Cool. It's definitely. I think this is a good read before flashpoint. If you're going to read flashpoint. Gotcha. Okay. Cause it kind of gives you the understandings and that makes flashpoint like makes more sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. How was the art? Was the art good? Art was great, man. It all looks great. It was cool seeing all the different speedsters and all the like lightning coming off of them. And Wally West like taught Barry a new trick and like upgraded everybody's like suits while they're fighting Thawne. He's like, he's like, watch this. And he like made them all connected and then they all got like cool suits as they were fighting. Like it was very entertaining to watch. Nice. To read. To read. 
I was watching yeah. what I was reading. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, cool. Good stuff, man. So I read uh, this series called X-Men Schism. So it was an X-Men story. Um, I have read this before, but it was a long time ago. So I didn't really remember it. I only remember small bits and pieces of it. Uh, but it's a it's a five series or five issue kind of not completely standalone. Stop. Uh, not completely standalone, but it's a it's a five issue series. Um, wait, hang on one second. My freaking Siri on my laptop keeps popping up, and I needed to stop. Does it think Siri is? Did you just think schism is Siri? I don't know. It's just it's weird. I said like define, and then it just like popped itself open or whatever. Um, but yeah, so schism is a five issue series. Uh, it's X Men based. That's why I keep saying series, and it thinks it thinks I'm saying uh. the name. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> for anybody who, so I'm gonna start with this. So the, the, the dictionary definition of schism is a split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by differences in opinions or belief. So that's what a schism is. What a mouthful. So, All right. Yeah. Right. So as the name implies, there's going to be a divide between the X-Men because of a difference in opinion, right? So much like a uh, civil war. Kind of, kind of. So this story it, it takes place a little further into the X-Men mythos. It's not an early on story. It's quite far far into it. So do you know what Utopia is? You ever heard of Utopia? Yeah, that's um Magneto's place, right? Right. So in this in this um run, I'm gonna stop saying the other word, in this comic book run utopia is now like for all mutants so magneto is there uh all the x-men are there like they're all kind of together at this point so this story takes place during a time where utopia is now an island and mutants have been hunted almost to the point of extinction by sentinels right right so right now familiar with you still yeah so there are only about 200 mutants left, and most of them are on Utopia as kind of like a united X-Men. Scott Summers, Cyclops, is the one that's now running the X-Men. And it's, it's set up similar to like Pro- Professor Xavier's school. Like they're still teachers. They teach the younger mutants how to use their powers, combat training, lessons, school, like all that good stuff, all that fun stuff, right? Uh, Wolverine's there. Wolverine and Cyclops are the two main characters of this story. Uh, so like I said, S- Scott Summers is running the Cyclops is running the X-Men right now. So basically, let's see, where do I start with this? So it, it starts off and I like the beginning scene cause it starts off with Iceman sitting on a beach, which is funny in and of itself because he's made <laughs> of ice and he's sitting on a beach, but he's like put so much ice under him that like the sand's not melting him or whatever. And you see Wolverine like walk up the beach and he has like arrows and like shurikens and like knives all stuck in his body. And Iceman's like bit of a rough night, huh? And Wolverine's like, no, it's a pretty usual night actually. <laughs> and he just keeps walking. Uh, and then you see him walk in and there's a group of young X-Men. They're all waiting for him and they're, they're waiting for him because he had been assigned to teach them a combat training class. And they're all waiting for him to show up. And he shows up and he's like, what are you guys doing? And they're just like, well, we were waiting on you. Like uh, uh, Cyclops said that you're teaching us our combat training class today. And he's like, I'm not, what? I'm not teaching that class. Like everybody, like go, like get get out of my face, like your kids. And then he he turns to one girl and he's like, girl, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 14. And he's like, you're 14? Shouldn't you be off playing with dolls or something? And she says very nonchalantly, she's like, I had a doll once, but I lost it when people tried to kill me because they thought I was a witch. I haven't really played with dolls since then. And it's just like, okay, well, shit, that's pretty deep. (laughs) Um, 
so what I, this story is very much like you see a different side of Wolverine and you see a different side of Cyclops, which is cool. So they, then they go off. Cyclops is going to this international arms meeting uh, with leaders from all across the world. And he, he's supposed to deliver a speech and he's trying to convince all the leaders of the world to like disable their sentinels and like stop hunting mutants. And like, they're just trying to do good work. They're just trying to help people. They're trying to save people. And they just, they don't want to be murdered. Like they don't want to have to worry about their lives anymore. And then there's this mutant that busts in. He's a young mutant, but he like, he, he's one of the more radical mutants who kind of has like a Magneto kind of mindset of like, mutants are the next evolution of man and we deserve to we are superior and we like we could kill you humans if we really wanted to and his abilities they didn't fully explain them but he basically is a telepath and he lets off like a telepathic bomb within this conference that makes all the leaders of the world start telling like their deepest darkest secrets you hear some real messed up stuff like one guy talks about how he uh he beats his children and he enjoys doing it another guy talks about how he's cheating on his wife of 35 years because she's dying from leukemia another guy uh, a woman is just like i'm gonna list all of the minorities that i despise just because of the color of their skin like all this kind of stuff and it's just like his whole goal was to like display to the world who they're like their so-called leaders are and like how bad they are but obviously the humans see this as an attack from the mutants and as he's doing this he's like proclaiming like i'm gonna be the next leader of the x-men and blah 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 so you know they look at it as like it was the x-men who did it and for for those who aren't as familiar with the x-men in the comic books uh if you've seen the movies you kind of see it in the movies too they they kind of they hit on it but when stan lee was creating the x-men the x-men were the representation of kind of like prejudice and and racism within the marvel universe i mean there is actual racism and things like that but the idea behind the mutants was that they were they're similar enough to humans but they have a mutant gene which makes them different but regular human beings see them as uh unpure or or a problem that needs to be solved instead of just a different kind of people you know, they judge them purely because they have a mutant gene and it makes them look different or act different or be able to do different things. So they make that apparent. Like in you got you got to mention how uh, Charles Xavier is Martin Luther King and Magneto is supposed to be Malcolm X. Yeah. You know, the, it just blew the people's peaceful, minds. Yeah. The, the peaceful approach to to this issue versus the more radical approach to the issue. Uh, Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X or Professor Xavier and uh, Magneto, Magneto, even though it's two black guys and two white guys. But hey, who's splitting hairs? I mean, Magneto <laughs> is Jewish and he did watch his family go through the Holocaust, which sucks. So there's that, too. Um, but so I say that because. I think one of the, one of the parts of the story that stood out to me was this next scene that happens, which is, so that, that all happens, the bomb goes off. And then they immediately are just like, we got to take out the X-Men. We got to take out these mutants that are here. So they already had a truck outside full of signals that they were just waiting for something to go wrong. As soon as something goes wrong, they're just like, send them out. Let's go. And it says, um, your target is mutant male. Uh, take care of anybody who fits that description. That's it. That's all it took. Male mutant. Boom. Like, no real description. No, he's this tall, this color hair, these color eyes. Mutant male. Done. Take care. Like, destroy anybody who matches that description. And that's, you know, it's messed up because we see shit like that in today's world for real. Uh, but anyway, right. I digress. So that happens and then it's now a war right it's a war against the mutants against the x-men because all these leaders who all expose their deepest darkest secrets are now like yeah no we got to take care of these mutants like they were filling us with lies they were controlling our minds like they're unpure like we got to take care of them so like every country is now like forming sentinels they're like taking them out of storage, like literally like 
they had some in stores they're taking them out they're pulling out the old <laughs> models like the mark one models or the mark two models and like adding improvements and stuff like that so then cyclops sends out x-men to all these different locations because some of the sentinels are de de defective they start attacking normal human beings they just start running amok they can't control them they're just all over the place so he starts sending out x-men to help normal people and protect them and to get rid of these sentinels um so they were doing that and then trying to remember the story as it as it as it goes so that's happening and the whole time you explain it, I keep playing the X Men music in my head. I'm like, so like I said, Cyclops is running this whole thing. He's running this show, and Wolverine is kind of like by him side by his side. Wolverine with went with him to the that international meeting as his one man security detail. And you see in the beginning that they have a pretty good relationship at this point. Like X Men and Cyclops. X-Men and Cyclops. Wolverine and Cyclops have always kind of had a bit of a rocky relationship. And it seems like at this point, they've really kind of come to a point where they really get along and they, they respect each other and they watch, watch out for each other and they really got each other's backs. You even have an exchange in the beginning where uh, Cyclops tells Wolverine, like, thank you. And he's like, thank me for what? Thank you for what? And he's like, for always, you know, for everything. Like, for always being here when I need you to be here. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. He's like, just don't fuck up your speech. And it's, it's a funny exchange. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like classic Wolverine stuff, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's going on. And in the meantime, Wolverine, we see a real, like, human side of Wolverine. He really feels for, like, these kids that are, you know, forced to come to this, this island because mankind won't accept them for who they are. So, like, the little girl I was telling you about, he, like, gets her a doll to like play with and stuff like that. And he sits down with her and has ice cream. And she's just kind of like, you know, I've accepted the fact that like people view me as a monster. So like when you accept the fact that you are a monster, like it makes things a lot easier. So whatever. Um, so, so fast forward a bit. They, so all, all the Sentinel stuff is going on. Right. And there is a bunch of Sentinels around the world. They're trying to destroy stuff. The, mayor of i don't know what city they're in but was supposed to be opening a, a mutant history museum and so they decided to move it up because of everything that was going on and cyclops is just like well you know like a lot of my x-men are busy saving the world but i guess i could send a few people and he he's sending out people and uh <laughs> He decides to send to the, the museum opening as the Peace Initiative Group or something like that. He sends all his heavy hitters, Magneto, Colossus, Iceman, Emma Frost, like all, all, the, all the big guns, right? And, and Wolverine's like, Peace Initiative, my ass. Like, that's a display of powers, <laughs> Scott. Like, what are you doing? So they're all there. And then the museum gets attacked. Now, let me rewind a little bit because here's the, here's, here's the crazy part of the story, right? While all this was going on, all of this is all a part of a plan of a 12-year-old boy who, in the beginning, his father was uh, one of the, the world's leading arms dealer. He was one of the richest men in the world, one of the most powerful men in the world. His son, who was 12, now felt like it was time for him to take over from his father and he wasn't going to do it peacefully. He was going to do it hostily. So Jesus. his father hops in his flying car. They're flying off. His son's in the back seat with him. His son pulls a gun on him, opens up the car door, pushes him out over the mountains and shoots him in midair, kills him, leaves his body in the Alps. Insane. 12 years old. Not only the father. That, you should have done some better has, parenting. Man, not only that, but he has a group of other fucking 12 to 13-year-olds who are also fucking insane. One <laughs> kid, his parents has got their fortune for human trafficking. Straight up human selling human beings. Jesus. Right? Fucked up. And he's just like, you know, our last shipment had seven of my brothers on it. So now I'm an only child. I'm the only heir. So here we are. I'm like, okay. That dude's fucked up. 
That's crazy. <laughs> so messed up. One of the kids is um I forgot the name he goes by, but he's the adopted prince of somewhere. And uh he goes by this one name, but his his uh maiden name, it wouldn't be his maiden name, but his his birth name, his birth last name is Von Frankenstein. And he's <laughs> yeah, so he's the son of Frankenstein, and he likes to dissect people. So there's that. So the scientist, not the monster. Right, the scientist. The scientist. Okay. And he likes to dissect. I didn't people. know Frankenstein was uh, in Marvel. Yeah, apparently. And, and then Mar- you got know. this this crazy little girl, who. Yeah, she's just nuts, man. She's just nuts. She just likes to kill people. So they've all formed this group. There was this group called Hellfire who this 12-year-old boy infiltrated, basically. Like, he took his father's place in the group after killing his father. And then he decided he wanted the group all for himself. So he killed all the other members of the group except for these little kids. So it's all his plan, all of this that's going down, right? So they attack the museum as all those X-Men are there. They take them all out, like just take them out like they even take out magneto which is insane but they do it yeah right just take them out take cyclops magneto Iceman, emma frost like all down some of the younger x-men are there too some of the ones who are supposed to be learning and training and all this other stuff right the girl who had a doll and she got a you know she tried they tried to murder her because they thought she was a witch she was there and so Cyclops is on his way there. Wolverine is on his way there. Wolverine's coming from a bar from somewhere. Cyclops is coming from Utopia. They're both racing there. They're trying to get there to stop all this stuff from happening. They're both telepathically linked to this girl. And she's like, what should I do? Like, should I try to save these people? Like, I, I, I'm the only one left. What should I do? Wolverine is like, get out of there now. Like, you're a kid. You don't need to be doing this. Get out. Scott, tell her to get out. Scott's like, you do what you feel is necessary. Like, he won't tell her to leave. He's just like, we're not going to make it. You do whatever you feel is right. And Wolverine's just like, get the get out. Stop. This is it's too much for a kid. Get out. You shouldn't have to do this. Scott tells her to do what she feels is right. So she decides to help. In the process, though, she basically, aside from the main kid group, all their henchmen, she kills all of them because she doesn't have real combat training. Like she knows how to use her powers to a certain extent, but not to a point to subdue and, and, you know, contain. She just goes all out and she kills all these people. She doesn't kill any civilians, but she kills all of the, the bad guys. Right. Right. Which they're not supposed to do. They're heroes. Like they don't kill anyone. So she What's her powers? Bad guys. Uh, she has like a fire ice kind of thing going on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so she just like blasts and just t- wipes out a bunch of people. And um, there was a bomb in there. The kids brought the bo- bought a, brought a bomb. So they get there. She kills everybody. They get out before the bomb goes off. It turns out the bomb is basically just this large magnetic field that sucks up all the metal in its surrounding area and creates an a, a enormous sentinel, right? And... Um, so that happens. And then this like signal that's like the size of a, almost the size of like a small t- skyscraper forms. Like it's so big, it's basically walking through water to get to the island of Utopia. Crazy, right? Right. So it's, it's like, it's, it had one target, Utopia. So all the X-Men are scattered all over the world. Like it's really just, Cyclops is there. Uh, all the young X-Men are there. Emma Frost, Magneto, Colossus, they're all still down from the fight earlier. So they're all there. And Wolverine was fighting that Sentinel as it was forming. And so he got knocked. So he comes in a little later. But Cyclops is there, and he's like, it's on his way to the island. He's like, I have no X-Men. Where are all my X-Men? And then the kids show up, and they're all like, you got X-Men right here. We're here to help. And he's like, okay, great. Let's do this. We can take this thing down together. 
Let's go. Wolverine shows up and he's like, fuck all that. These are children, Scott. These are children. We're not about to let them fight this thing. Everybody get off this island now. We'll take care of this. Wolverine is fully like, I'll stay here and fight. Scott, I will fight with you until the death, but I'm not letting these kids fight. They're kids. They shouldn't have to do this. This is not what we're supposed to be doing. They need to go. We'll take care of this. Scott's like, if they leave here, where are they going to go? The whole world hates us right now. We have nowhere to go. They'll just be hunted. They'll, if we run now, we'll always be running. Wolverine's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I don't care about running. What I care about is not making these kids do this. Like, they can run now so that they live to see tomorrow. And, you know, Scott is like, well, what is tomorrow if they're always running? So this fucking skyscraper-sized Sentinel is walking to this island, and they're fighting. They're going back and forth about this, right? So Wolverine's like, he's like, fuck it. Hold on. He walks in his house, walks in his room. Apparently, he had a detonator switch in his room. And then he finds the time to put on his costume, too. Fun fact. Because um, he didn't have it on at first. I mean, it's important. So he puts on his, his whole Wolverine getup, comes back out with his trigger in his hand, and he's like, I got 2,000 pounds of dynamite on this fucking island. You can get off now, or you can blow up with it. Everybody leave now. So they all leave. Cyclops is like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Like, you can't blow this place up. This is our home. Wolverine's like, we can figure something out, man. But, like, I'm not letting these kids fight. End of discussion. Long story short, like, here's a funny twist. Here's where you see the real dickish Cyclops. Cyclops is a real dick in the, in the comic books. Yeah, he is. Here's, here's the movie makes, right? So they're, they're going back and forth. And then there's a pause, and Cyclops is just like, you know she never loved you, right? She was always afraid <laughs> of you. She's talking about Jean Grey. I'm right. It's like, wow, bro. Like, it's a real low. You know what I mean? Just real unnecessary. Real uncalled for in this moment. And Wolverine's like, well, who would she be frightened of right now? And Ooh. then they just, yeah, they just go at it. So Cyclops lets off a beam. Pshoom, burns Wolverine's face off. Wolverine stabs him in the arm. Pew! Right? They go back and forth. And it's crazy. <laughs> I like the sound because, effects. <laughs> too. Because you see, like, Cyclops is just blasting the shit out of Wolverine. Like, at one point, like, half the, like half his face was just a skeleton, and the other half was, like, skin flapping off. You know what I mean? They do the yeah. classic, like, Wolverine stuff. Wolverine's, like, stabbing him and, and stuff, but, like, avoiding vital spots, trying not to kill him. Um, and they're all, they're doing this Again, while this fucking massive sentinel is walking at them. Then it gets to a point where the sentinel reaches them. It shoots out a blast. They both jump out of the way. And then they go back to fighting. So the sentinel's like like trying to crush them and throw punches. And then they're ducking and dodging that. And then they're just getting back to fighting each other. It's crazy. Sentinel's like, dude, come on. I'm right here. Yeah, basically. <laughs> So the size of a building. Yeah. Uh so so that's going on, right? And then they eventually stop because all the kids come back out and they're just like we're going to stop this thing. Let's do it. So they all fight it together. They take it down. They win the battle, right? Fun stuff, but then Wolverine decides that like this is too much. Like, I'm leaving. Like, Scott, we, we failed these kids. Because he goes to talk to that, that same girl who killed people. And he's just like, you know, how you holding up? Like, are you okay? And she's just like, she's like, you know, I'm glad it was me who killed those people. Because the other kids here, they wouldn't be able to live with themselves if they had done something like that. And he's like, can you live with yourself? And she's like, well, once you believe yourself to be a monster, like believing to be a murderer is not that far off. So yeah, I'm okay. And Wolverine just gets up and walks so away. Dark. And he goes, yeah, he goes straight to Scott to Cyclops. And he's just like, I'm leaving, man. That girl is sitting out there and she's okay that she killed people because she believes she's a monster. We fell these children. Like this is not how it was supposed to be. So he goes and he's just like, I'm leaving. Anybody that wants to come with me, feel free to come with me. If you want to stay with Scott, 
feel free to stay with, stay with Scott, but uh, I got to go. Um, so he, he leaves. He goes back to the ruins of Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Mutants or Gifted Children. And um, we find out that this whole thing was all the plan of this fucking 12-year-old. Basically, his plan was to have that mutant show up to that, that international meeting to cause that to happen, to make people activate sentinels that were purposely defective so that when he displayed his sentinel, people would want that one. And then he would become even more rich and even more powerful. Insane. Yeah. Was that the end? Yep. That was it. So Charles Xavier is not in it at all. No, he's not. I don't know where he is. I don't know, actually. I'm not sure where he is, um, but he's not in it. So with that, I don't know if this story is that beginner friendly. I mean, you want to know a a decent amount about the X-Men before going into this. You can always do the research beforehand. But like I said, it is pretty far into the X-Men mythos. So it's not it's not like a first read. It's not like if you're like, oh, I want to read some X-Men comics, this should be the first thing you pick up. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, you might be kind of lost as to what's going on. But it, it is still a good read. I enjoy it. The fight scenes are pretty cool. Seeing Wolverine and, and Cyclops kind of go at it is always pretty satisfying. And then seeing that, that nicer side, that more human side of Wolverine, I really like. They do a pretty decent job of showing off that in like the movies and stuff. Um, but I think that's what really makes Wolverine such a compelling character is like his emotional side, his human side, because they paint Wolverine as like this animal, right? This, this berserk animal who's just, because Wolverine is a killer, like straight up. He's a killer in the comic books. Like he doesn't do it unnecessarily, but if he has to kill and if he feels like he needs to kill someone, he will kill someone. Especially when your main thing is like knives coming out of your hands. I can not be. Yeah, right? It's hard not to be. But his whole thing is just like, if somebody deserves to die, he's going to kill him. Like, it, no hesitation, it's going to happen. But he is still a hero, right? He only kills bad guys. Right. Um, so, but it, it's nice to see, like, that more, like, human side of him versus that animal side of him. And I, I like seeing that. So I thought that was a really good part of the story. And there were some good moments in here that I really just kind of like, man, that's good dialogue exchanges and stuff. So I like it. It's a good story. I would definitely recommend it. I'd recommend you kind of maybe catch up on some other X-Men stuff first, but it's a good story. Nice. Well, all right. I think that's a, that's a wrap yeah. for us, right? That's it, man. Good stuff. All right, guys, uh, you know, hit us up. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know if you are intrigued in reading more flesh or reading more x-men uh you can reach us at close calls pod you can do it on gmail you can do it on twitter you can do it on facebook um instagram instagram yeah i was like do we have an instagram oh yeah we have an instagram Instagram. yeah just let us know what you think man if you like this format if you want to hear us talk about more comic books i think we're going to make this uh, a constant thing right now just because again a lot of us are at home we got more time to do stuff like this uh you know, I, and you can read comic books a lot of different ways. You don't have to go out and buy physical comic books. I think that's a a huge misconception about reading comic books. Like you don't have to have physical paperback copies of comic books. In fact, like there, there is a place for it, but you know, reading comics digitally is actually really enjoyable. One of the things that frustrates me most about reading paper comic books is that I have to be like, I have to be able to see it. So I have to sit in the light and stuff like that. And I'm a night person. So sometimes being up at 1 a.m. and having, you know, the overhead light on is not always the most comfortable thing to do. You know, I kind of want to sit in the dark and I want to read. So being able to read it on like a, a an iPad or a Kindle or even your laptop with a backlit screen and things like that, it's nice. So there's a lot of different ways to read comics. You can catch up uh, a lot of different ways in comicsology is a good way to do that. That's the, that's the app we both use to read comic books. And 
I know you yep. have DC Universe too, so they offer comics. Yeah, you can also do DC well. Universe. What's cool about DC Universe is like it's it's there's actually a lot of comics on there, but it's also you know they have movies and TV shows and yeah. all kinds of good stuff on there. Yeah, we're not paid this by either of these people. Yeah, we're not. This isn't a sponsor. But we do enjoy them both. <laughs> we do enjoy. Yeah, it's not a sponsor, but we just want to let you guys know that there are ways to read comic books without actually going out to your local comic book store and uh, buying comics because I don't think they're open right now. But once they do open back up, if you do have the opportunity, definitely go support your local comic book store so they keep running. Um, but yeah. other than that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.